Welcome to the So Tremendous Show. My name is Sophia at So Tremendous and I'm a period expert, women's coach, energy healer and TEDx speaker. I'm here to help women like you live in harmony with your hormones and body so you can have more ease and flow. But what I'm truly passionate about is guiding you to unlock your power, productivity and potential by aligning with your menstrual cycle. Whether you're a creative coach, leader or healer, you're in the right place to dive deep into the wisdom of your womb and embrace your unique feminine energy. Are you ready? Let's shed some light or blood on periods. Before we start with today's episode, I would really love to invite you to create space. So go ahead and close your eyes and relax and take a deep breath in through your diaphragm and a big sigh out. A big breath in and a big sigh out. And last one, a big breath in and a big sigh out. And in this moment, just notice how you feel. So this episode was recorded quite a while ago. In fact, it was recorded back in 2021, but I really didn't want it to simply disappear. It contains so much valuable resources that I knew you would be able to take a lot away from. This is particularly valuable if you are just getting started in your journey of you know, becoming greener or more sustainable. So I really hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone. So today I've got a very special guest. I've got Lottie DL joined me and she's the founder of Banish and a sustainability expert. But to introduce herself properly, here she is. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I feel like you did a great job just then. <laughs> but yes, I am Lottie DL. I'm the founder of Banish, which is an online store and education platform that helps people reduce their waste and co-founder of Little Pepino, which is a brand that is helping to make sustainability accessible to all. Perfect. So that's like a very niche topic. Like how, how did you like get into it? How did you come across like this, that you really want to set up your own business dedicated to this? Yeah, so it's actually a funny story, really. It started with a New Year's resolution and one that actually worked, which doesn't actually happen that often. So back in 2018, I decided to make 10 different resolutions like everybody does. Like I was like, I want to halve my body weight. I want to run a marathon. I want to be fluent in Spanish. I want to do all of these different things. And one of them was to do better when it came to the environment. And I didn't really know what do better meant. It wasn't like a smart goal. It didn't really have anything fancy on it. But I knew kind of in the back of my mind, I was reading a lot of articles, a lot of news headlines about the planet and about how global warming, everything that was going on. But it probably wasn't until I started doing my research into it and really started looking into it. So I was a journalist in my previous occupation and I was doing Mark Wahlberg's daily routine for a bit of a fun kind of 
story and pretty much like Mark Wahlberg wakes up at 4am every day. He meditates for an hour and then he works out for like an hour and a half and then he does all this crazy stuff. So I was like, sure, sign me up, whatever, I'll do anything. So I I woke up at 4am, I tried to meditate and I made it, I think I made it five minutes, I was horrible. And I physically couldn't work out for an hour and a half because I would have passed out. So it was four o'clock in the morning and I was just sitting there like, well, what am I meant to do now? Like nothing on my social media had changed since I went to bed the night before. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll probably look into one of my news resolutions. So I started doing research into kind of what I should do to live more sustainably. And one of the things that I came across was the fact that plastic straws are bad. And I was like, yep, okay, that makes sense. I love smoothies. This is a change I'm going to make. What straw should I swap to? And when I started doing my research, it was kind of like, well, there's stainless steel straws, there's silicon straws, there's bamboo straws, there's wheatgrass straws. There's all of the, like, there's all of these different straws. And I was going, oh gosh, so I kept on researching because what else are you doing at 4am in the morning? And hours literally later after trolling through all of this, this content, I was like, okay, so stainless steel straw is the right one for me. Then I spent more time again, because so much time at four o'clock, um, trying to find a good supplier and an Australian business to support when I was buying the stainless steel straws, found one. I was like, great, ordered it online, whatever. A couple of days later, it arrived. I ordered a five pack of stainless steel straws and each one came individually wrapped in plastic. And I was like, well, what's the point? I just spent hours trying to find the right information to get me to the stainless steel straw. And then once I found the stainless steel straw, it still came wrapped in plastic. And I just thought, well, if we, like, I've done more research by this point and I knew we needed to make a change. I knew that individuals needed to kind of step up and do their bit as well. But if we want anybody to make a change, it needs to be so easy that there's no reason not to. And like I had had all of this spare time because it was four o'clock in the morning, but the everyday person doesn't have three hours to look at one sustainable swap and then would get so disheartened when after all of this work to get a, a product that was individually wrapped in plastic when the whole point of the product was to reduce your plastic consumption. So it didn't really make sense to me. So I kind of sat there. I still had to wake up four o'clock. So I was still writing this article. So every day it kind of fueled me. And I almost started looking forward to waking up at four o'clock because it was that time, that peace and quiet for me really to do my research and look into it. And this was over three years ago. And there wasn't a lot of information out there. There wasn't a lot of people that were talking to the everyday person. People have been living like this, like a zero waste lifestyle for years and years and years. And there was lots of information about kind of all of those people who have got a jar of waste, but there wasn't information for people like you and I on how to do better and how to just simple things like recycling, composting, like all of this stuff that it's easy, but it's only easy when you're told how to do it. So that's why Banish is both an education platform and an online shop because I want to be able to connect, use my journalism background to educate people, but I also want to hero and help these small Australian businesses that I found that are legitimately doing the right thing that have never used plastic in their packaging. It's not They don't have to jump through hurdles to meet the criteria that we have on Banish. They just go, 
yeah, of course, we've been doing that. Or that's in our ethos and it's just a natural fit. So that pretty much is kind of how I got into it. And three years later, it's been an amazing journey, but it, I wouldn't take it back. Yeah, oh, that's one. That's so great. I've got a question actually, like regarding that, because you said that you were buying these straws and then suddenly you'll find they're pla- like packaged in plastic. So are these? Are these? Are you finding, especially with your having your own shop and obviously having quite a few products that you stock, is it from a lack of awareness from the companies themselves, um, or yeah, why is it? Why is that happening? I think back then, three years ago, like the reason why and it's happening even more now is that a lot of people and a lot of brands are jumping on sustainability as a business from a trend perspective. It's cool. It looks great. They can see the business opportunity in it, but there's no purpose behind it. So they see the potential of selling stainless steel straws because everybody wants them now. But when it comes to their core belief as a business, they... they're not doing it for the environment. So the fact that it comes wrapped in plastic, that it doesn't even really cross their mind, I think. So if someone, because, you know, the internet's blowing up with these sustainability products, um, which is is absolutely great. But in terms of, you know, what advice would you give someone who wasn't sure about how it's going to come packaged up and even like the ethos of the company? What what top advice would you give someone? Yeah, so I think... I would just ask questions, ask questions to the brands, but also have a look on websites. I think people are big brands are becoming a lot more transparent with what they're doing when it comes to ethics and sustainability. And it can be everything from kind of looking at their shipping page, for example, is a great section, which will probably have information about how it'll be packaged or how it'll be sent to you. But then also looking at pages like responsibility, like, for example, who makes the clothes or where are they made? What are they made of? Like there's all of this information out there. And for me, what I would just be looking for is look for brands that are transparent around that. And I even would say there are a lot of brands that are doing the right thing and kind of saying, look, we're not perfect, but we're working towards it. And here's what we're doing. And I'd really support those brands as well, because there is, has to be something to be said for people kind of going like, look, it's a journey. And we're on this and we're getting there. So I think that's also what I would be looking for. Yeah, and I think actually that's a really good point you've made about, you know, not being perfect. I remember when I um, I was in my university days, this was very much younger, and um, I used to work in ethical fashion, so I did my thesis on it, and I was so lucky to get an internship where I was working um, with an organisation in the UK who really advocated for it. And I remember the advice they gave to the brands who were really wanted to get into this space from like a heartfelt, you know, from a heartfelt space. But they, I remember them saying, you know you can't be ethical in every single way so pick one and then build on it and then build on it and I just that's always something that's always stuck with me really and I always say that as well and when I'm looking at a brand like are they approaching and saying yeah we're not perfect but actually this is what we're trying to do and these are our strategic objectives to make sure that our products are sustainable and reducing our impact not only just on the planet but also on our health yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Perfect. 
I think one of the things that I really, really love as well about the tips that you share on your Instagram is that you always keep it real. So I've seen for a few times, like I think last week, you said that you went out for a coffee and you you didn't bring your reusable cup. And you're like, well, these things happen. And I think that's one of the things we definitely we should always remember as well. I guess it's it's like having that compassion. So how do you how do you get make sure that you get the right balance of it and that you don't are not too hard on yourself? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is it's not comparing yourself to one another. It's not looking at people on Instagram. It's not kind of idolizing people, but. Again, it's also about that internal dialogue. It's flipping it around. So I could say like, oh my gosh, like the one time I forgot a reusable coffee cup. Or I could also flip it around and say kind of like the 360 times I remembered my reusable cup. I think it's things like that. Like it's very easy when you get into this space to kind of be trying so hard at home and into like the finicky kind of stuff about what goes in which bin and everything like that and walking extra, I don't know, extra couple of hundred meters just to go to the bulk food shop so you don't have any plastic, but then you end up ordering something online and it comes wrapped in plastic and you kind of go, well, what's the point? And I think it's about being realistic and being like we're all doing something and every small change we make does make a difference but we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to completely change our lifestyle. Like I still look the same as I did three years ago. I still have the same friendship group. I still have a car. Like I'm still not perfect, but I'm so much better than I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. And even saying as well, like you still got the same friendship group. And I think that's something that's also very important as well because I know too easily and I've seen it before as human beings we've all got a passion that we really really love and sometimes we can get so caught up on that from our point of view that we forget other issues and then we can't see the other person's point of view even so I think it is as well making sure like raising it as awareness but not pushing onto people so that they're almost like I don't even want to listen to you Um, yeah exactly and I think it's also not being too hard on your friends like I've been on this journey for over three years now. So my lifestyle looks a lot different from somebody who's just getting started. But also say, for example, you've got a friend who's vegan and you've got another friend who doesn't have a car. Like they're they're very different ways of tackling climate change and of being more sustainable. But it doesn't mean we should compare the two. They're just doing their bit. Yeah, exactly. Love it. So that's almost in itself, like, you know, how to do it in sustainable small steps to be sustainable in a way. I think that's really important. I, when I when I first get, got into, you know, I think what really shocked me when it came to, you know, plastics and the amount of consumption that we're, we're producing was when I was actually, I was in Latin America and I remember just seeing, I was on this bus and this woman was eating out this basket she had all sorts like crisps and biscuits and things like that and after she finished them I just remember her opening up the window and just throwing it out there and I was I remember at the time I was absolutely shocked because we were in Guatemala at the time and I was like this is a beautiful landscape and then I remember probably about a day later I went on this boat trip and I just remember seeing the amount of plastics um, and even crocs actually just in the river just all of it and it just made me realize like this the rubbish that we have it's actually ending up somewhere and so for me that was my biggest shock point that was kind of like the tipping point of something's got to give I've got to make these small changes 
what for you was your I know we spoke about briefly but what was was that do you remember there being a specific moment when you thought no I'm so shocked or something needs to give as well unfortunately I didn't really have like any of those amazing stories like yours is so dramatic and it's (laughs) perfect and I love it because it kind of does spark your change and your transformation but for me it's probably it was just doing more and more research it was just a slow build it was just the more I dug the more I found and it was just like digging and digging and digging and it just opened up all of these kind of things that I didn't really think about Like when I first started, for example, I didn't think anything about tea bags having plastic in them. I didn't think about the way that I was washing my clothes. I didn't think about the clothes that I was buying from the fact of the different fibers. I I was like, oh, well, obviously you buy like from an op shop, you don't buy new, but then it's like, well, no, what fibers are you buying? So I think for me, there wasn't really a turning point. It was just the more I looked into it, the more I just was fueled to kind of go, well, there has to be a change. There has to be something because I saw myself as the kind of mid, like of the, of, as the consumer, as the person who needed to know about it. And I was going, well, why would I know about this? How am I going to find out about this? And there was no one talking about it. Mainstream media weren't sharing it. It wasn't something on Instagram. People wouldn't have followed people like me three years ago because they weren't, accounts like mine to follow there wasn't like if, if you told somebody three years ago like instead of following a fitness or a fashion influencer you're going to follow somebody who talks about recycling and composting people would have gone why would you do that and I think that's the whole thing that we're tr- that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to normalize it I'm trying to make it that it's just something that we all can do and we just slot it into our daily lives yeah yeah, and there still is, unfortunately, there is a lot of uh, lack of awareness. I know, like, for me and my friends, they they obviously hang out with me, so they probably would know, I, you know, because I always try to you know, minimise the amount I consume. But you can even have conversations, like, yesterday I was at a coffee shop, and instead of using a plastic cup, I was like, can you just put it into your ceramic? They weren't accepting cute cups, and then they can pour it in. But there must have been some confusion. Anyway, he did it in a plastic cup, and he was like, oh, do you want to pour it into your cup? <laughs> Exactly. And I think it's not about making people feel guilty. You can't go to your barista and say like, you are the reason why we use single use coffee cups. It's not about that, but I think it does come down to that education and it's not the telling people off. And I don't want it to be that culture where it's kind of like, I'm better than you are because I live more sustainably. That's not it. But I think it is that you've got the right approach when it comes to kind of helping educate people and teach people and kind of just explain your actions yeah absolutely so I couldn't have you on my podcast and not mention the fact that you actually gave a TEDx talk um just a few months ago which 
probably as yeah actually so for anyone who doesn't know we were actually on stage um together at the same time which is all very exciting especially as this was like first live event of 10x like since you know covid hit I, I know it word? was so exciting it feels like so long ago even though it was less than six months ago I know it has has much changed since then actually <laughs> No. This <laughs> <laughs> you're like walking down the street like, hey everyone. Yeah. <laughs> in, in your TEDx talk, you spoke about the theme community. What really made you thought, okay, I really want to t- present a TEDx talk on community and this is this is such an important topic. Yeah, so the talk I did was titled The Power of Community in Fighting Climate Change. And I think that it was something that just came, I don't know, it was something that I just wanted to talk about so much because it's exactly what I believe and I believe and I do it every day and it's about kind of banding together to make a difference and I think as individuals it can often feel overwhelming and it can feel like you're one person pushing against the grain but you're not and we all can make a difference and I think banding together is how we're going to be the most effective in doing that so as I mentioned kind of starting this journey three years ago for me one of the biggest things that took me by surprise was how intertwined everything was and how it was so much about kind of going backwards it was about taking three steps backwards to take four steps forward it was about getting to know your neighbour so that, I don't know, you could borrow something from them rather than having to buy new. It was about connecting with your local community garden to start um, composting. It It was about catching the bus and getting to know your bus driver and getting to support the local businesses in your area. I think it's something that is some, it would have been imperative to life 50 years ago, if not even 30 years ago, 20 years ago. But we've kind of shifted towards this kind of, I don't know, this individualistic lifestyle. And we often forget about the people around us and about the power that we have as not just one person standing up to fight climate change, but as 10, 20 200 1000 people making a difference and I think for me that has been one of the things that's helped me the most on my journey because one of my highlights has been joining the community garden getting to know my neighbors getting to know my community online which I think is something that we were moving away from but I think one of the big benefits of COVID is that we saw it move back to that we saw ourselves reconnecting with everybody around us. So that's how the kind of the theme of the talk came about and writing it was just, I had too much to say because I was just so excited about it. And it's just something that I want everybody to be talking about and to remember and to, yeah, band together. Yeah. I think, I guess that's one of the problems as well that we've been facing is because everything's so fast paced, nowadays everything has been built around convenience that almost we do forget to just stop and be really present and you know be aware of you know our neighbors as you say because I know that when I was growing up I I didn't really know my neighbors really and I was even part like in a big big city I was still 
you know, it's still in a town, but I didn't really know it. But I know compared to when my mum grew up, she said that everyone, all her neighbours were called auntie. So it's definitely, it had definitely changed. So I love the fact that, yeah, community is so important, especially me being from the UK and, you know, being from the UK, but like living in Australia, I think having that community around me has really helped me feel a bit more, you know, feel grounded here. And I think this is the first place ever that I've, felt so so grounded because of the community around us oh that's so nice and I think it also kind of helps you to push forward and to keep going because say for example I forget my coffee cup and I go oh well like what's the point then I've got my neighbor next door who's just started a worm farm and I can go well no that's that's great and there are people still driving and it's not just me against everybody no yeah exactly and there's so many initiatives as well anyway I definitely do recommend that anyone has a google to see what's happening around them because there's so many initiatives that you might not know of of people coming together where whether it's like you know collecting plastic from the beach or even you know she said composting I know I live in an apartment so I'm trying to figure out how's the best way for me to compost and I knew that upon my little googling I found people actually had these had this compost and you can actually contribute your yours and come and bring it so yeah I think it's really great that everyone's coming together that's so cool so when we're talking about sustainability, we've, we've spoken a lot of how it really impacts the planet and things like that. I think as well as the statistics around how much things are really filling up um, in going into the oceans and landfill, for me, it was also shocking to see actually the impact it was having on our health. So I think for me personally, it wasn't until I hit rock bottom and my rock bottom was not getting a period for a whole nine months that I started researching about ways to actually heal myself holistically instead of going on like synthetic hormones and things like that. And so on my journey, I actually found out the impact that plastics was having on our bodies, which was really, really shocking. And I feel, again, we, not a lot of us known about that because everything is wrapped in plastic. We are so exposed to it. Is that something, is, you know, the, the health, is that something that you have really, you know, give support on in terms of like raising awareness or anything like that? Or is it? Yeah, so... From a health perspective, a study came out last year from the University of Newcastle, which actually found that the average Australian is consuming five grams of microplastics every week, which is the equivalent to a credit card's worth of plastic that everybody is consuming. So it's a pretty scary statistic. And we've also seen in the UK that they found plastic in feces as well, in human feces. So it shows that we are digesting it. And it's not like we're sitting there with a knife and fork eating our credit card. It's in the food we eat. It's in the water we drink. It is everywhere. And whilst there haven't been any studies to show the detriment yet of us consuming this plastic, we know that it's not something that we should be gobbling down every day. So I think it just comes back to that main goal and that main challenge for the health of the planet but for the health of us it's often living more sustainably has a direct impact on your health and well-being because it would include things like walking more 
It would include things like eating less packaged foods, which are going to be your snacks and your lollies and your chips and eating more things like fruit and vegetables, popcorn, stuff like that. Um, It might mean reducing your meat intake. It would be looking at sustainable seafood, which is often more organic. It's there's so many knock on effects that I think we can see from both the climate change, but then the health perspective as well. So for me, it wasn't kind of a, I want to be healthier, so I'm going to live more sustainably. But I think it's definitely one of the benefits of living more sustainably. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, for me, for my perspective, I always say, you know, when we heal ourselves, we're also healing this world as well. So it's coming back to that collectiveness as well. Definitely. And with our health as well, the fact that we're actually eating this plastic, so it's unbeknown to us, it's crazy. I mean, we've seen documents where we're seeing animals as well that actually got all the plastic in their stomach. It's absolutely shocking. And so I really, really think that it's, it is not just on this planet of what's actually happening, but as I said, our health. So it is so, so important that we see it as a bigger, very impactful thing that we can do by making these small, small changes. It's not just going to, you know, one person is not going to obviously change the world overnight, but together we can absolutely make changes because collectively it all adds up. Yeah. I completely agree with you. With Spanish, you also sell a lot of products as well online, which helps people to be sustainable. I, with that, which is absolutely great. So I've got all sorts of things actually. So, you know, we've spoken about the straws, but there's also the lids instead of using clean film. There's so many neat things that really, really help us. But what would you say for someone feeling overwhelmed to the where they're feeling like, okay, they're buying all this stuff. It's getting very expensive. What's the difference between you know, being minimalist or, and being sustainable versus being sustainable? Yes, yeah, so I think the, my motto is live more with less. But I think we also don't want to be kind of, I don't know, with the minimalism culture and the trend that's going on at the moment, it's, it's great because it's kind of making us question and consider whether when we're purchasing something, whether we actually need it. And it's asking those questions about kind of like, do I need this? How long will I use it for? What will it, I don't know, what, where will it go after it's been used, which are all fantastic questions. But my main issue that can sometimes come about with the minimalism culture is the decluttering and the throwing out of too much stuff. So on average in Australia, we throw out 6,000 kilos of textiles every 10 minutes, which is crazy. And I wouldn't recommend people decide they want a capsule collection or a minimalist wardrobe overnight and just watch a documentary, go to their wardrobe, cut it in three quarters. And then the next week they realize, I've got an event next week and I threw out every white t-shirt I own or I've done this. So I think it's, again, not comparing yourselves to others and your essentials are going to be very different from my essentials. And I think it comes down to kind of looking at what you use every day, but also what brings you joy. And I think some people might think that, I don't know, flowers, for example, are wasteful and they don't, they aren't sustainable and they're not minimalist, but it's like, well, hang on. If you buy a bunch of flowers and it makes you happy 
and you have them in your house until they're dried up and they look beautiful and you use them for kind of three months, why not get them? And I think that's the biggest thing that we need to think of in all of this is that you shouldn't feel pressure from others or society to live a certain way. You need to live in a way that's going to make you happy. And so, yeah, I wouldn't compare yourselves to others. And I think when it comes to sustainability, it's like I get asked all the time, like, what's the most sustainable piece of clothing to buy? It's it's the one you've already got. So just keep on using what you've got at home. If you've already got plastic items in your drawer, if you've got a plastic toothbrush and a plastic bottle of shampoo, the last thing I want is for people to rush out and make those changes to a more sustainable option and not use up what they've already got at home. Use up what you've got. And then when you're making those purchasing decisions, that's when you can be more sustainable and mindful. And maybe you decide that you don't need a third white t-shirt because you've already got two at home, but don't be, yeah, don't be just doing it for the sake of it or doing it for the feel like that you feel like you should be more sustainable. So that's going to be having the latest keep cup. It's like, no, use the keep cup that you've had at home for three years. And that is the most sustainable choice. Or if you're somebody who makes coffee at home all the time, then don't buy the coffee cup just to fit in with the trend and to feel like you're doing your bit for the planet by making a coffee at home. You're doing so much more anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. There's so many like little gems in there. I was like, yeah, it's so true. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, I even say with all my clients as well, when we're going through all their beauty products, or we're saying like, don't get rid of it at all because we don't want it to be overwhelming. Like when you run out, just then replace it and making these small changes. And I think that can apply to any aspect of our life, really, when it comes to buying things. So yeah, absolutely. Me as well. I love um, a good op shop as well. So I always look there and I guess it is just, you know, coming back to yourself and being like, okay, is this something that I want because it is on trend or is it because something that fills me up? So yeah, I think asking that question is really, really important. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know I'm the same. Like I love op shopping, but even when I'm op shopping, I like to go with a list because you can get there and you can see so many things and you're like, that's really cool. Like I've always wanted like a, a palm tree t-shirt and I'm going, do I, do I really need a palm tree t-shirt? <laughs> It's so true. Actually, I've never used a list, but I remember I, I used to live in Barossa in South Australia and I had a dollar a week. And sometimes I'd end up with all these clothes. And some of them, when you look on it, because it'd be like all grandma shirts and that. And I'd be, like, I'd be like, oh, I can make something of this. And I did. But still, I come back with like literally so many clothes. <laughs> it's <all> ridiculous. <laughs> So one of the things that you do sell on Vanish are menstrual cups. Do you find that as women, if there's a reluctancy or even extra work that needs to be done around raising awareness? Because I know from my point of view, I've had a lot of girlfriends and clients that are almost scared just because the thought of getting lost up there and things like that. How, yeah, how, how do you deal with like women's and, you know, being sustainable in that sense? Yeah, so we sell both the Lunette menstrual cups but also Modi Body period underwear on Banish. And honestly, I was one of those women. I was like on my high horse being like, well, I'm going to use my reusable coffee cup and I'm going to never use cling film again, but I'm never going to use a menstrual cup because that's just gross. Anyway, and then I tried it out and I was like, hang on, 
this is not gross. I feel more hygienic using a menstrual cup than I do using tampons. And the change for me, it's kind of, I know this is a, like, obviously you love plastic free periods, but I seriously am obsessed with them. And it's one of the things that probably took me by surprise when it came to reducing my waste, because I just didn't really give it much thought, but even the kind of my girlfriends that I've converted now, it's just little things about the convenience of them. Like, Oh, I don't have to go to the shops now. And like, buy tampons or I don't have to ask my boyfriend who would always be so awkward to like go to the shops and get them for me or it's just little things like that but I do think it does take practice and it probably took me a couple of cycles in order to be really comfortable with the menstrual cup because it wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like yep this is going to be me now I was like so skeptical I was a nervous Nelly I kind of did the whole like I'll sleep in it overnight to see if it works it worked. I went to the gym just to make sure it was squat proof. It worked. And then like I built my way up to going to do a whole day at work using one because I was so worried about it. And now like you're a user of them. So you kind of would pretty much be laughing at me going, this is ridiculous, but that was what I needed to do in order to be comfortable with it and to make that transition. And I think that's what we need women to understand is it's not kind of like a you must use a menstrual product, um, a plastic-free product for the rest of your life now. I've got friends who kind of will use tampons still during the heaviest part of their periods and then they'll switch to using plastic um, period underwear for the rest of it. So it's those little things. Everyone's period is different. Everybody handles their period differently. So why should we put a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to plastic-free period products or just period products in general? So I think, again, it's about not comparing yourselves to one another. If you don't feel comfortable using one of these products, then don't use it all the time. Use it part of the time or work your way up to being comfortable with it. And I think that's probably my biggest piece of advice. I've had so many girlfriends try it and I've had so many of them love it, but I've also had ones that don't love it and who have kind of gone, well, I've tried my best and it wasn't for me. So maybe I'll try the underwear or I'll try reusable pads. Yeah. And there's so many products nowadays as well. So it's, it's experimenting. I know for me as well, personally, I still have time to be, I mean, the last time I was on my period, I actually had a little accident and I was like taking it out and then kind of like, we just went everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, but then I don't know. I mean, it could be mortifying, but then I guess I'm just like, okay, yeah, this happens. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I just, you know, get the spray. <laughs> I think I've, it's made me actually, I'm quite fascinated by my period. And it's probably made like almost heightened that because using a cup, you're able to kind of really see what's happening with your body. Whereas I feel like when I was using tampons, I didn't really have much of an understanding of kind of what a heavy day was versus a light day, whether I was clotting more, whether I wasn't kind of all of that stuff. So it's really, for me, helped me understand my cycle a lot more. And then I, so I've really enjoyed that part of it, but it, to start with, I found it so gross. I was like, this is disgusting. Like, what am I going to do when I get into a public toilet? I'm going, well, hang on. Like, I don't use public toilets because I'm at home or I'm at the office. And if I'm at the office during the day, I don't need to change my cup. So it's just, I think, things like that again. But you just heard my story. Like, it wasn't a simple switch. 
no no I can, I can imagine and as you said it is it is a connection with our with ourselves because you know you were saying about you know you could be heavy but these are all signs that something's not quite right with our body so when we listen to our body and tune in and then even see these physical symptoms as well then it shouldn't be something that we'd be like oh well we can't use it it'd be like oh my body's telling me a sign that's really great what is it telling me and so then we can look even deeper into it like what could we do to help me instead of thinking of as like a disempowering or even annoying thing being a woman so that's absolutely yes that's exactly how I feel how it brought a bigger connection to myself really about what was going on and actually I'll tell you something which some people are like really do you do this and I haven't told some people so if they're listening on here and their friends and family they might be like what the hell I've actually started to collect my blood and then put it on my plants because I've heard it's got such great nutrients <laughs> yes so I haven't done this but I have heard of so many people doing it and they absolutely rave about it so please let me know how all of your plants are thriving i have to send you some pictures of my plants like hopefully (laughs) (laughs) hopefully they're like luscious (laughs) i'm sure they will be amazing well it's been absolutely great having on here i do have one last question and that is what is next for you oh well we could just start another podcast now because i've got so many things i want to do Um, I am a big go-getter and there was always something new happening. I launched Little Pepino, the new brand, the product range in November last year. So that is still relatively new. We're still getting new products every month. Um, So that's probably my main focus at the moment is growing that. And then also Banish launched a recycling program called Brad, which is named, it's called Banish's Recycling and Disposal Program. It's named after Brad Pitt because we want to keep all of those hard to recycle items from going to the wrong pit so people can send them to us. So those are probably my two big focuses at the moment. And that is taking up all my time and I absolutely love it. But I'm sure I'll also think of some more things to kind of throw into the mix soon. Love it. And definitely actually with the Braggs, I know I definitely got a box to send to you as well. And I've seen that you've had to increase, is it your visits to the post office? the port they've got me on speed dial it's so embarrassing like I go to the post office and I see this post-it note next to the kind of desk which is like Lottie Brad call I'm going I'm sorry guys I'm coming I'm coming because it's just growing and growing and there are more and more parcels coming every week which is so exciting perfect and they can find that on your website on the banish one is that correct yes about what they can send in yeah, banish.com.au and then also on Instagram at banish.au. I share heaps of tips. And if anybody is on TikTok, my it's my full name spelt out, Lottie DL. Um, and then there's just, yeah, lots and lots of information. And if anyone's got any questions, like if you want to talk to me about plastic-free periods or just anything in general, then please like just literally slide into my DMs. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on here and talking all things sustainability. It's been an absolute joy to reconnect with you and I'll hopefully speak to you soon. No, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me on today's episode with Lottie DL. 
so this podcast can reach as many women as possible and empower them on their journey i would love for you to share this episode and leave a review your support and help really does make a huge difference And if you want to connect with me, perhaps there's a topic or a guest that you'd love to have on, then you can find me on Instagram at So Tremendous. I also offer live and online events and my current program, Perfectual Period, is currently running. So that's 90 days to experience a happier, healthier period. And you can find all that information over on my website at www.sotremendous.com. That's all for today, but see you next time. Ciao.